Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How I Sell, the podcast brought to you by Ramp Careers. I'm your host, Danny Leonard, and today we're welcomed by a special guest. It's Mr. Taylor Scotto. Taylor is a sales development lead for the Americas at Cloudinary. He's also been a sales development leader for almost a decade with Stops at Chase, LinkedIn, and Everwise. Taylor, welcome to the show. You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of How I Sell. I'm your host, Danny Leonard, and I am welcomed to be joined by a special guest. This is Taylor Scotto. Danny, thanks for having me here. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've done a ton of research on you, and I know Manoj has done a ton of research on you, but for our guests, who's the real Taylor Scotto? (laughs) All right, that's a a good question right off the bat. yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm just someone that likes to challenge myself. And um, I think sales dev has always been a tough challenge for most companies. It continues to be the number one problem, right, is building more pipelines. So I remember lear- learning early on, you know, take on problems most people don't want to deal with or work on. And so that's what's kept me, you know, alive and surviving in sales dev. And it continues to grow. So excited to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, we're massive, massive supporters of sales development talent and junior sellers and early career salespeople. And we know it often gets the uh, the grunt work portion of the, the job, but it's, in, in, in our opinion, the most fun as well. So I want to take you back, Taylor, to the early part of your career. So tell us about those formative years. What were you like? Yeah, I think... Um you know, talking about sales dev, I didn't think I'd ever be in tech. I came from a background where middle-class, well-to-do, right? It wasn't anything fancy, but I think um, I had a lot of support structure, but not sure where, where I wanted to go for college. Spent some time at Gonzaga, which is in Spokane, Washington. Um, but then I transferred over to Sonoma State. Finished up there, which is exciting. But I graduated in 2010, which is right after the housing crisis in 2008 that kind of crashed the markets. And so no one was really hiring when I when I graduated. So I fell into the bucket with a lot of folks there. And coming from Sonoma State, you know, great school, um, great background, but I knew the tech companies were always looking for, you know, top D1 schools, really top talent. So I never really thought I had a chance. Um, so I, you know, the first job that I got, like anyone else, uh, likely um, is, hey, they're, they're always hiring in sales, right? So I got my first job at Chase working as an inside banker. And that was through uh, inside a Lucky store. So basically, Basically, what you have to do is go in in and out the aisles uh, trying to sell checking accounts and uh, credit cards to folks trying to buy rice on aisle five. <laughs> so uh, definitely, definitely one of those tough jobs, right? But it teaches you a lot. It teaches you a lot about uh, mindset and grit. Uh, really a great training ground. I didn't know it at the time, right? Sometimes uh, <laughs> in the moment can be a bit tough or challenging, but looking back, it was a, a good, good experience. I hear grit quite a lot from folks who have tackled a long career in sales. How did you cultivate that grit? And tell me a little bit more about you know why that experience at Chase kind of pushed you towards uh, a more the, the more gritty part of sales. Yeah, I think for me it's always been I've always been one of those like pie in the sky type 
personalities where I always like the big vision of something. And, you know, I think if you can be successful or the vision of that, uh, you know, good things will come. And so I think working really hard since I was 16, I always had a job. I don't know. There wasn't really any other option. Like you, you have to succeed. You have to do well. Right. So other times that I failed, oh yeah, I've probably failed more, more than I'd care to admit, but I think having that desire, I think is a, is a big push. So when things got tough, it's just, okay, it is tough. Uh, let me come to terms with that. But what am I going to do to change that? Right. And uh, that's not easy that, that there's also times when you might want to <laughs> complain or talk about how difficult it is and that's okay. Right. We all need, we need venting sessions, uh, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's okay. Now that we're done, let's try something different. Right. And uh, putting that in a positive spin. And so I was doing everything I could to uh, to find out what does success look like. So I was reading books by, you know, Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone's first books on like 10 X. Those were important to me and just any, anything positive, right. I read a book on cold calling by I think art something, but yeah, just always trying to figure out, Hey, what's, what's the difference. There's people that are, are successful. Like what are they doing that I can emulate? That's great. That's great. So I know off of that, I know that you said you didn't ever imagine yourself in tech, but how about sales? Did you choose sales or did sales choose you? You know, I think, I don't know. I always had that one of those, um, I'm going to be a rocker one day on a, on a stage or something like that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> like most people, I think it's like, well, that's fine, but I got to make a living right now while I think about stuff like that. And so I started um, looking for jobs. My, my uh, degree was in marketing, but really no one was hiring for marketing folks at the time. You had to have experience. Um, so sales was really the only job that you could, at least for me, um, one of the only jobs that I could uh, really apply for. But also, you know, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy kind of meeting new people. So I thought, all right, let's 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 try this route. Nice. That's awesome. Early in your career, and our folks obviously on our side, our early career folks, how was it selling into senior level decision makers as an individual contributor or somebody kind of hustling? So for me, the IC experience that I've had was was primarily at Chase. So it wasn't really B2B, it was like B2C. I didn't work with business owners, right? Mm-hmm. So it helping them set up and switching, you know, accounts. So I, I think that that question might be better for someone in the field for SaaS if if folks are more interested in that. But I can say that um you know, preparation is always a big key to that, right? Are we knowing what questions are going to be answered? Are we knowing what type of uh, objections might come up? And then do we have a process? Are we are we confident in what we're about to say? Because they can, you know, anyone in a senior position, they're trying to get stuff done. So are you coming prepared to show them here's a solution? And are you confident in that solution? That's awesome. That's awesome. Who are some of the early folks, your early teachers, your early mentors that inspired you and how did they inspire you? One of my earliest mentors was one of my uh, first bosses at LinkedIn. And that's when I was actually not doing very well. So I joined called a recruiting associate program where uh, before going into sales dev, you actually use the tools that you're about to sell to just give you a a full experience. Um, And at the time, LinkedIn was 3000 employees and growing. So exciting time to be there. But I was coming in early, leaving late, and still I was struggling, right? And so I assumed, hey, if I keep on this route, I'm probably going to get let go or fired. And so I had a one-on-one with my boss. And basically, um, Pat Cronin basically said, you know, it's okay to fail, but also make sure that like, uh, don't, don't hesitate to, to do something. So uh, his recommendation is something that I take for 
uh, don't take for granted is um, take the company mission, take the company vision and values and make decisions and act. Likely if you're seeing a hole in something, there's there's likely a hole, go fix it. Don't wait. And so I think for me, one of my hesitations early on was like, hey, I have to wait for someone to tell me what to do. Or you're in the mindset from school where you're being told, here's the right answer. And you kind of have to just get out of that 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 mindset, right? Because you're always like, well, what's the right thing to do? Or what's what am I supposed to do? And that doesn't really that doesn't translate often once you get in the working world. It's like, okay, uh, well, what would I do? And how do I just go ahead and do it and then see what happens? Yep, that's right. That's that that's that's totally right. I think um, a lot of what we teach here at Ramped is how to get out of that academic mindset, right? The you take a test, there are right answers, and you get a grade, right? And no one teaches you that when you get in the workforce, yeah, there there are a million right answers. There's many ways to do anything all right. the way from the uh, the cold call or the cold email that you write all the way up to how you deal or interact with other people in your in your workspace. And none of that is ever taught. So I think that's 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 really good advice, Taylor, and and, and a really good thing that you learned really early in your career. So so moving on a little bit, you know, more into your leadership track and, and some parts of LinkedIn, tell us what and why you fell in love with the SDR track or the sales development track. Yeah. You know, I never really knew what I wanted to do in my career. And sales dev was this cool like intermediary that kind of touched all functions of the business. So that was sales, marketing, always in between that, but also operations, right? We were kind of operations heavy we are an operations heavy uh, business unit, right? So uh, mapping and process are a big part of our success, I think more so than some might think. And so uh, to me, that was always fun. Like I, I've always enjoyed kind of doing a lot of things at the same time and sales dev kind of gives you that ability to do that. And so moving into management, I kind of felt a really even more exciting because you're, you know, some people love the, the art of the, the deal or the, you know, closing big deals. Yeah. I, I never, I never had that. Right. For me, it was always about, Hey, what's the copywriting or what's the messaging that's going to get us 10 X meetings, or how are we going to connect with one of our biggest accounts? And early on, I knew that I like introductions. I like connecting new people. I like new experiences. So I realized, Hey, I think, I think this is fit more for my personality, which is building out you know, the connector of the business to the outside world. Right. And so it's, it's kept me busy and um, fascinated for the past uh, 10 years now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They're kind of the, uh, the heart and the soul of the sales team as well. Right. The, the, the loudest, the most fun, most energized. So yeah, there's, there's tons of things there as well. More tactically, tell us, tell our audience a few traits that you look for specifically when you're hiring SDRs. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, hiring is probably the toughest job that any manager can do. Um, it's also the most important. So knowing that gives you the opportunity to understand your importance in the role. Um, a lot of times, you know, folks talk about being nervous in interviews, which I understand. I think everyone is. Um, but oftentimes we we come at it where, hey, this is could be an entry level role or it's an SDR role, just an SDR role. The, the fact is, if you change your mindset to, hey, I'm providing value and I'm here to help you hit a number, I'm going to eat that up, right? Any any hiring manager is looking for that. We're looking for um, so so understanding that you know the the kind of the big pieces is first is grit. Like, are you are you hungry? Like, do you want this? Because I can build the best process in the world. I can create a roadmap to your clo- uh, next role after SDR. But if you don't want to be there, I can't 
I can't, there's nothing I can do there. If you hit roadblocks and decide, Hey, uh, you know, this isn't for me, like I can't help you. But if you, you have that greater hunger to say, Hey, I'm willing to do whatever. Um, if I fail, let me come to you for some advice or what can I do differently? I can work with that. I can get you everything else. So understanding that in these interviews, we're looking for folks that want that. Do you want to be here? Right. Because we, we also have a number. So are you going to help us hit that number? Um, the second thing is, are you self-driven, right? So again, many times in my career where I've kind of fallen early on is always being told like, hey, what's what does what does good look like or what does the right way look like? And oftentimes like in startups specifically, like that doesn't always exist, right? What does work is, hey, let's benchmark our process. Let me try something. Let me write out that process and then come and say, here's what's working. How can I do better? But, um, you know, if you're waiting for someone to tell you to to do something, like it's just not going to work out. So in interviews, we're looking for folks that, you know, if I give you a goal and I give you some tools, are you going to, are you going to take that and run with it like a baton, right? Or we're in a uh, relay race. I'll give you a baton, but you need to run. Um, don't wait for the baton to run. So that's the other thing. And the last thing is curiosity. I think every company you're coming into a new environment and uh, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of changes and you have to be curious about, you know, the product, the customers, what people really care about um, learning. Right. Um, But if you're not curious, uh, it makes it, it makes it difficult. So in the interview, we're looking for, Hey, what are times that you've just shown natural curiosity, right? A question I like to ask is in the last 10 to 16 months or 18 months, what's something you decided to learn on your own? Great, great answers for me are one time I heard, hey, I'm I'm actually getting my pilot license. Um, I study after work. Uh, I have an exam coming up. That's great. Um, you could do, hey, I'm taking guitar lessons or I'm learning how to jump higher or I have a workout regimen, whatever the case may be. If, if there's just that natural curiosity and inclination, like that's going to go a long way. Cool. That's great. What's one of the, what's the most unique answer you've gotten for, for that question? Uh, what somebody told you, you're like, wow, that's really impressive or wow, that's really unique. I think that the pilot one was probably pretty interesting. I hadn't heard that in a while or at all, really. So I'm sure there's a lot of other uh, stories waiting to be heard uh, about that. But that one was quite interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. My, um, my, my wife's brother either trained to be a pilot or took pilot's lessons as well. And uh, it's terrifying, something I would, <laughs> I would, I would never do. <laughs> too, too bold for me. What's, um, what's one piece of tactical advice that you can give our audience about interviewing for their first sales role? I would say, well, talk to someone in the role. And I think often we can lose the perspective of why we're there. And, you know, in many cases, like we might be leaving a tough work environment, an unsupportive environment, or we come with these preconceived notions that can really hurt us. Uh, I know, I know that's happened to me where you're in a work environment and you're not set up for success. Right. And so that can, that can be difficult. Right. And so you want to make sure that when you're in and interviewing for a you know sales role, like talk to someone successful, understand their their mindset, but also like you need to pump yourself up. Yeah. I'd say that's the biggest thing, right? Is have confidence going in there and have folks that are going to help 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 do that, right? So talk to a few folks in sales so you know what you're getting into, but also so you know what you know great looks like. But then also you know talk to friends like, hey, what what do you enjoy about 
about me? Like, uh, what are the things that you feel I, I bring when we hang out? Right. And it sounds like weird, but the, the reality is like, it's good to, to know like, Hey, what are my strengths? Right. Just because it's good. You should feel good about yourself. Um, sales is so hard and, you know, for a long tenured career, it is a marathon, right? So having that uh, positive support is part of being successful. Yes. We, we take on crazy challenges. Yes. We take on tough numbers, but, um, it's an up and down thing and having a support group or a supportive person or mentor in your circle is more critical than I think we give credit to. Yeah. That's awesome advice and rare, rare that somebody comes in knowing that. So thanks for sharing that. What's a common misstep you see young salespeople fall into early in their careers? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest one is I know we're eager to move move up uh, the chain. The reality is, especially in sales, if you want to be successful long-term, sales dev never goes away. We always think, hey, we're going to grind out in this role and then we're going to move up and then it's going to be totally different. The reality is like, no, not only is that not true, but prospecting is now just 20% of your role. So now you got to learn 80% of an entirely new role and make sure that on your off time, your prospecting works. And for those that really want to be successful, that can be a tough pill to swallow, right? So take use sales dev. It goes fa- It goes by fast. It may not feel like it at the time, but you know, two years, some maybe three, if you uh, three or four, if you move to another company or whatever, whatever your time is. Like if your goal is to move into a closing role, like take your time, like learn what you're doing, learn how to write great copy. Sales dev will always be in demand, right? Even with all this technology, as far as I've seen, like the role keeps exploding. I've never seen more sales dev uh, roles open or uh, especially for leadership, sales dev leadership. I've seen more more uh, companies lean into that saying, hey, we need help with folks that can do this. So it's never going to go away. It's a skill set that you'll always use. And the top salespeople always find time to prospect, right? They'll always say, hey, I'm going to spend you know 20% of my time prospecting. It's no wonder why they're the top performers, right? But they learned how to write great copy. They learned how to prospect. They learn how to do uh, time management. You learn all that in sales dev. But if you're trying to get promoted in six months, you're not you're not learning because it takes time. Like you're learning that this is a continual thing and you're learning how to manage that for the long run. Yep. That's exceptional advice. Exceptional advice. And often forgotten, I think, you know, the role has evolved a bit since it started or since it came, you know, became popularized within the marketplace. But oftentimes you hear folks getting promoted in, you know, three months, six months, nine months. And if your friends are getting promoted, then it's in your head that you probably want to get promoted at that timeline too. And sometimes it's, it's, it's either not, not true, not the case, or, you know, sometimes you get promoted a little too quickly and you're not able to, to take that next role. So this is, this is good and, 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 and level setting advice. I think everybody should listen to, you know, not to necessarily rush into it because sales dev is, it's, it's really fun. It's a really fun role and you should stick with it until you've mastered it. Absolutely. So Taylor, we'll get you out of here on the question that we ask everybody at the end, but if you could go back in time and now you have the benefit of hindsight, what advice would you give a young Taylor Scotto? I would say like, uh, the biggest thing is like, don't worry, you'll get there. It does take time, but uh, I would also say, don't do it alone. Uh, I think, I think, uh, we tend to hit roadblocks and especially in sales dev, you know, at times it can feel lonely, but I would say, keep reaching out, keep connecting. You're going to find people that want to help. And if you've been trying that and maybe haven't seen success, keep going. 
at some point you'll find folks that are going to give you the time that want to see people succeed, that want to see you succeed. Um, and they'll help you accelerate your career, right? But don't do it alone. That's great. That's great. I and mean, asking for help uh, isn't isn't frowned upon. It's actually a great thing. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for being on our podcast. The folks who listen to How I Sell are going to love it. And I know that you're going to have an impact on, on thousands of early career professionals that tune in. So thank you so much. And uh, we're, we're, we hope to have you back someday in the future. Danny, thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Awesome. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, The Ramped Platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.